Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about podcast on hadrons, spelled H-A-D-R-O-N. Now, most people have heard of protons and neutrons. They're a class of hadrons. There's also, um, there's two types of hadrons, the baryons, which are protons and neutrons, and all the other things, three quarks. Or you have two quark um, formulations, which are mesons. <coughs> so uh, it's, uh, I suppose it's a bit difficult to get the difference between what a meson is and uh, a muon. A muon's a type of electron. Go into it uh, a little bit. So you've got the Large Hadron uh, Collider. So it collides a proton with an antiproton. It's a bit hard to accelerate a neutron because neutral is no sort of large scale thing to accelerate a neutron with but a proton you can definitely accelerate and get it to go around at near light speed and get these to go together. You can accelerate an electron or a positron, you can get them to go together quite quite well but a, um, a uh, neutron or, or so a proton has a large mass, it's a large hadron uh, collider so let's go into this uh, Wikipedia article. So what I'm doing is I'm slowly reading these articles, and when I read them, uh, it sort of tests your deeper meaning, and you you discover things which you really need to understand. So I hope you come with me and listen to it. Uh, in particle physics, <clears throat> so this is really uh, a particle physics is really particle accelerators. Uh, and uh, essentially it's hadrons and leptons and stuff like that. A hadron uh, means the Greek for star thick is a subatomic composite particle made out of two or more quarks held together by the strong force. In a similar way as molecules are held together by electromagnetic force. Most of the mass of ordinary matter comes from the two hadrons, protons and neutrons, and most of the mass in a hadron comes from the gluons. The force is so so much that it creates energy equals e, e equals mc squared and uh, so 99 percent of a the weight of a hadron is not from quarks but from the actual gluons inside now the gluons are just like photons um, they're a oscillation in the strong force and of course occur in very small distances uh, hadrons are categorized into two families. Badrions made out of an odd number of quarks, uh, usually three, but can be five or seven. I suppose five is the maximum that I've seen. Mesons are made of two or more, so they've made two and four. Uh, and it's usually made of a quark and antiquark, because for two, to make an a even number, uh, the color symmetry, which is SU3, quantum chromodynamics. Let's read. Protons and neutrons, which make a majority of the mass of an atom, are examples of baryons. Pions are examples of mesons. So they're sort of domestic uh, garden variety mesons of an up, not an up, an anti-up, a down and up together. And you can have, there's only uh, one version of a pi naught. Um, which is sort of like the mixture to 
So essentially, you could possibly get two different types of pylors with a, a uh, matter up, antimatter down, or you can have an antimatter down and matter up. But because they're just figments of a gluonic state and we, the, the way that we look at them, two pi noughts are identical, they're a mixture. Um, exotic hadrons containing uh, more than three valence quarks have been discovered in recent years. So, so this is uh, rather than three, it's more. A hadron uh, containing more than three quarks has been discovered in recent years. A tetraquark as a state of exotic meson is made, named the Z4430 minus. So it's, you can get a minus quark. A charged quark is with you have got an up and down. It's only the pi naught, which is not charged. It was discovered in 2007 by a Bell collaboration and confirmed the resonance in 2014 by the Large Hadron Collider B collaboration. Two pentaquark states, exotic baryons, named P plus C, I think C would be the symmetry of it, 4380 and PC4450 might be the energy which it's formed, were discovered in 2015 by HLCP collaboration. Uh, there are more exotic hadron candidates uh, and other colour singlet quark combinations that may also exist. So I, I, the singlet um, yeah, you can singlet and double it uh, due to the amount of isospin. So isospin zero, yeah. So they're referring to isospin, which you've just done. Almost all free hadrons and antihadrons, meaning in isolation and not bound with an atomic nucleus, are believed to be unstable and eventually decay and break break down into other particles. The only known exceptions is the free proton which is possibly stable, or at least takes immense amounts of time to decay, to um, um, destroy. And it's stable for 10 to 34 years. For some reason, they said, oh, greater than that, I suppose, plus. So we are 13.8 billion years, so 13.8. So we're roughly um, 3 by 10 to the 10, so that's... 10 to the 24, that's terror, that's an awful long time, but there's an awful lot of protons out there which you could observe if it came. Free neutrons are unstable and decay with a half-life of about uh, 611 seconds, so it's got the weak force. Now, why a neutron doesn't decay inside an atom, maybe because it's, it has, it gets reformed, it's a resonance. The entire thing is that you want to realize that a neutron and proton in an atom are actually fused in our space so if you if I had if I had a shopping bag full of neutrons and protons uh, I'd fill it up and I look down and there'd only be one object there so if you come across uh, this is due to quantum mechanics the restrictive antiparticles are expected to follow the same pattern but they are difficult to capture and study because they immediately annihilate the contact with ordinary matter Bound protons and neutrons contained within the atomic nucleus are generally considered stable. Experimental, the hadron physics studied by Collardi, protons or nuclei, fairy elements such as lead of gold and detecting the debris are produced in particle showers. In the natural environment, such um, uh, mesons such as pylons are produced by collisions of cosmic rays 
in the atmosphere. So we are being continually showered by charged particles from uh, uh, cosmic rays coming in. That's page two of five coming in. Now I'm going to have to try and express it. Oh, it's red, blue, green. Isn't that beautiful? So that that colours the quantum chromodynamics, which really is uh, we're using including increasingly metaphors to come across, and um, it's it's a problem of advanced physics. The term hadron was introduced by Lev B. Ockon in a plenary talk in 1962 of the International Conference on High Energy Physics. His talk said, and I quote, Notwithstanding the fact that uh, this report deals with weak interactions, which are frequently, which is, um, uh, a weak interaction is typically a beta decay. Uh, that's a, a neutron turning into a proton. Um, it's, it's a general weak interaction. Um, these particles pose, um, we should frequently speak of strong interaction particles. These particles pose not only numerous scientific problems, but also a terminological problem. The point is that a strongly interacting particles is a very clumsy term that does not yield itself to the formation of an adjective. And for this reason, to take uh, one instance, decays into strongly interacting particles uh, is a uh, are called non-leptonic. So you have leptons, they talk about the leptons, which are the electrons. So electrons don't feel the strong force. I don't quite understand why. It would be interesting. They do feel the weak force. So um, neutrons and protons, they all feel the weak force. The definition is not exact because non-leptonic may also mean photonic. Ah, that's a good point. So if Photon is a particle, as far as I'm concerned. It's a, uh, it's a the, everything is a wave. In this report, I shall strongly, um, I call strongly interacting particles hadrons, and correspondingly clay hadronic means large or massive. I hope this terminology will prove convenient. Yes, it has been convenient, and we've taken it on from them. Properties according to the quark model, so. Um, Neutrons and protons have three quarks in them. The properties of hadrons are primarily determined by the so-called quark valence, by called valence quarks. So valence quarks, basically. Um, I suppose we've got valence electrons, which are, are quarks which interact. I, th I think all quarks in the atom are valence. For example, a proton is composed of two up quarks, um, each with charge uh, plus two-thirds, and a total of four-thirds of a charge, together with one down, charge, down quark, which is minus a third. Do they, ha do they have, I mean, they don't exist separately, so this third is a mathematical trick to get out. Adding this together leads a polarization charge of one. Although quarks also carry colour charge, hadrons must have zero colour charge because of the phenomena called colour confinement. Well, I don't think it's because, it's because of the symmetry to be colour, to have no net colour, colour asymmetric. So colour, so a charge is a, um, um, uh, charge is electromagnetic spectrum. Colour is sort of the name of a type of charge, a symmetry allowed. Quantum chromodynamics and the colours are red, blue, and green. 
That is hadrons that must be colourless or white. The simplest way for this to occur is the quark colour and the anti-quark corresponding to the anti-colour. So you have an anti um, uh, anti we have basically um, what looks like yellow, but we call it anti-blue, anti-red, anti-green. It's rather interesting to see. Uh, hadrons, uh, with the first arrangements, are called mesons. And the second arrangement, the quarks. Okay, so you can have quarks of the different colours, red, blue and green lights together, it gives you one. And it's just the way, it's, it's the convenient shorthand, and people you know, struggle to learn the shorthand, and that's enough, but they, they don't realise that it just corresponds to different uh, spin matrices. Mathsless virtual gluons compose the numerical majority of particles inside hadrons. Massless, well, I suppose they're virtual. Oh yeah, so hmm. the strength of the, the uh, strong force gluons, which bind the quarks together, is uh, has sufficient energy um, to have resonances composed of massive. Uh, uh, composed of massive quarks. Uh, okay, so the gluons weigh nothing, so the gluon has no mass, but it has a, a resonance, so the gluon itself weighs nothing, doesn't weigh anything particular, but um, the gluon, um, as it moves, can form a quark-antiquark -quark pair, which has a mass due to the energy. Because virtual quarks are not stable wave packets, but an irregular transient phenomenon, it's not meaningful to ask uh, which quark is real and which is virtual. Only a small excess of apparent from the outside is a form of hadron. So this is basically um, strong force interacting so strongly that um, it creates energy and mass. So you could call that E equals MC squared uh, term there. Um, this is he, e is greater than MC squared. Um, therefore, a hadron, an antihadron, is stated to consist typically of two or three quarks. Uh, this technically refers to the constant excess of quarks versus antiquarks. Yeah, so, so it's. Um, so you could say, like one quark weighs one percent, but ninety-nine percent. So it's roughly, say four. Say you've got three quarks. Say it's one hundred one quarks. You've got um, forty-nine antiquarks and thirty-four quarks virtual that they come into existence for a very short time in the gluon energy, and that gluon energy. Resonance has a um, it is so intense. It has a um, I think so. So you've got so so that's difficult to, to do. So the quarks there's just so much energy bound up, and you can pitch the energy as quarks anti quarks. Okay. Like all subatomic particles, hadrons are assigned quantum numbers corresponding to representation of the Poincare group J, P, C, M, or whatever that means, where J is a spin quantum number, um, and P is intrinsic parity, and C is the charge conjugation parity.
and m is the mass of the particle's mass. Note that the mass of the hadron has very little to do with the mass of the valence quarks, rather due to the mass-energy equivalence. Most of the mass comes from a large amount of energy associated with the strong interaction. Hadrons may also carry flavor quantum numbers, um, um, such as isospin and strangeness. Yeah, there's a strange quantum number, and what well, isospin is the um, amount of neutrons and protons. You know. All quarks carry an additive conservative quantum number called baryon number which is plus third for quarks, minus third for antiquarks. So this is just to force the rule, you go to the numbers, it's, it's almost like computer programming. This means baryons, composite particles made of three, five or large odd numbers, uh, have beaks one, where mesons have beak zero. So, yeah. Hadrons have excited states known as resonance. Each ground state hadron they have several excited states. Several hundreds of resonance have been observed in experiments. Resonance decay extremely quickly in 10 to the minus 24 seconds. So, um, like a proton has a resonance in the delta, a delta state, which I suspect we've just covered that. In other phases of matter, hadrons may disappear. For example, at very high temperatures and high pressure, unless there's sufficiently many flavors of quark. Uh, the theory of quantum chromodynamics predicts quarks and gluons will no longer be combined within hadrons because the strength and strong interaction diminishes with energy. Uh, this property, uh, which is known as asymptotic freedom, uh, has been experimentally confirmed in the energy range between 1 GeV and 1 TeV, which is sort of... Um, interesting. Uh, I think they're held together uh, there, but at very large energy you switch off the strong force. Isn't that amazing? So very strong energy, the strong force disappears and so your virtual particles go into, spew out. So essentially it's like uh, this, these exploding grapes. You hit something and it explodes with all this content and What's that content is that when you hit at high energy, the strong force switches off and it just shunders out all these virtual particles. Uh, all free hadrons, except possibly the proton and the antiproton, are unstable. Uh, that is, they decay down to protons, at least. Barons and hadrons contain an odd number of valence quarks. Uh, barons. That, uh, at least three. The most well-known are the proton and the neutrons. They have three balanced quarks, but pentaquarks, up to five quarks, three quarks of different colours, uh, are also one extra quark and antiquark pair, have also been proven to exist. Because barons have odd numbers of quarks, they're also fermions, i.e. they have half integer spin. Because each quark has is a fermion. A quark is a fermion. Leptons are fermions. Um, uh, there and so you go together. I just don't quite understand between uh, a strange. You're going to add a strange quark in. I can't work out what the um, what the two types of um, 
uh, UDS. There's two types of uh, hadrons for that one. The quark possesses a baryon number of a third. Barons have a number of one or zero. Pentaquarks also have B, since the extra quark and antiquark cancels. Each type of baryon has a corresponding anti-baryon, which the quarks are replaced by their corresponding antiquarks. So an anti-neuron, an anti-proton would have a baryon number of minus one. For example, a proton made up of just two up quarks and one down quark. Its corresponding antiparticle, the antiparticle, is made of two up antiquarks and one anti-down quark. In August 2015, there are no, two known pentaquarks. Both are discovered uh, at the H uh, L H uh, C Large Hadron Collaboration B Collaboration. Mesons. These are two quark things. Mesons are hadrons containing an even number of valence quarks and lith two. Most well-known mesons are composed of a quark antipart queer pair, but possible tetraquarks uh, and hexaquarks, comprising uh, of a dibaron and three antiquark pairs, whatever that means, and may have been discovered and are being investigated to confirm their nature. Several other hypothetical types of exotic mesons may exist, but do not fall within the quark model of classification. These include glue balls and hybrid mesons, and mesons with excited gluons. Can you excite a gluon? I suppose you can. So a gluon is just an oscillation in space, but you can have light so intense that they produce um, the particle-antiparticles uh, pair. And we now know that certain black holes certain stars explode to form black holes and there's a gap and then they form black holes again in that gap uh, there's so much light pressure that the light gets converted to um, uh, matter antimatter pairs and that uh, causes the uh, sun to turn into um, astounding ranges of x-ray radiation and i think that is the end i'm just going to quickly read through to you the three categories. Okay, so there's bosons and fermions. Bosons have spin zero or one, and fermions have spin half. And under uh, bosons, you have what you call gauge force bosons, which are the photon, which does light, uh, W plus, W minus, and Z naught, uh, weak interacting bosons. Uh, and they're weak and they couple to the Higgs field and therefore has mass. A gluon has no mass, but if any light gets, if the gluon gets so intense in um, the strong force, it's such a strong force that um, it's the, well, I think a gluon has no mass. I don't think, there's no such thing as a free gluon, but the gluon's got so much energy that uh, uh, traveling within a, a small, distance that forms masses. Now, similarly, you could have um, a photon between two um, two mirrors, and um, the, you know, that photon has a mass and an energy. Uh, now, the, the um, way you could say a photon has mass is that uh, it uh, redshifts 
as it goes to the set you've got two mirrors one at the bottom floor and one on the ceiling it redshifts as it goes up so it puts a, a little bit less force on the um, top mirror than on the bottom mirror and so that's the example of a gas particle like it. so you can you can measure assume a particle has mass and and you could do inside it you could say that it does have a mass then so inside uh, the uh, boson, it's got to have spin zero. You have the mesons, which are pions, which is made of up and down, kaons, which have got a strange particle in it. But those, are, um, if it's got quark, quarkonic matter, it's hadrons. And that means that they're heavy and stout. Uh, the quark is a strong interaction force. And then you have barons, which are photons, neutrons, and delta particles. You build up there. But the, those ones, are because they've got an odd number of spin-a-half particles, are fermions. So the hadrons are not fundamental particles. But moving further out, you do have fundamental particles, which is the leptons, the electron, and the neutrino coming up. Thanks a lot for listening. And um, I'll just keep on pushing this on and out. another story comes to a close it's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you may you discover truly amazing things understand them and tell others thanks for listening